0: If you're competing, great. If not, it's going to be awesome and a lot of fun to watch. So come, be here, bring some friends. You get to vote. It's lots and lots of fun. Um, how many of you guys like to eat? Anyone like to eat? All right. Then you will connect well with my illustration for this new series that we're kicking off. We're going to talk a bit about being in Christ, but I could think of no better illustration... Then food. I like to eat. um, My favorite restaurant is probably buffets. I like buffets. Um, Especially when you're going to a new restaurant. Because when you go to a new restaurant, you look at this menu and you're like, what's good? You're like, well, they have steak. Well, I've had good steak and I've had bad steak. Well, they've got pasta. I've had good pasta. I've had bad pasta. You look at the menu and you're like, I don't know what's good. But you go to a buffet and you're like, That looks good. That looks good. That looks dry. That looks good. And you can, like, pick whatever looks good, and and I love it. Um, One of my favorite uh, local buffets, Um, it's partially my favorite because at lunch it's like $6.95, which is pretty cheap. Uh, Can you put up the first picture? Um, And they have a lot of food. Um, For those who are playing the guessing game, yes, this is the China One buffet. Um, There's a whole table here, table here, the table in front of it. That little house-looking thing is surrounded with food. And then on the far right, um, there's the sushi bar, and then there's the hibachi grill. Um, so, and then behind the little house thing is the ice cream bar, which is also good, and you don't want to miss while you're there. Um, but I, 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 like, I like buffets. I was very excited. I'm going to use a bunch of their pictures, and I know it's about lunchtime, and I'm going to make a lot of you hungry. I'd like to start off by saying, Sorry. Um, their food there is really good. If you decide you want to go eat there afterwards, um, they let us come and take a bunch of pictures of their buffet and gave us a bunch of coupons. So, sitting on the info table in the back, there's a stack of these. If you're so inclined and you're like, I now need the buffet, grab a coupon, eat it cheaper. Um, so, actually, I think the coupon's only good for Monday through Thursday. No, there's a 10% off an entire check. That one's good for now. And otherwise, you can go there during the week with a friend. Okay, so... Coupons are back there. But anyway, so there's, there's the one. Um, just pull the next picture. This is just looking down one of the buffet lines. Oh, so, so good. There's a, there's a lot of food available there. Um, I enjoy it. Now, I would find it rather strange if I was to go there with you, if I was to buy you lunch, take you there, and you were to come back with this plate. You're like, so you, you sit there, and you come back, and one person brings back that plate, and they're like, I'm ready to eat, and the other person brings back, next picture, this plate, and this plate, and, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so you've got, you've got some options here. And see, I, one of the things I love about a buffet, like, if you go up, especially if you haven't been there very often, or don't go there often, or haven't been there before, is round one is what we call the sample plate. So you go around and you just try a little bit of everything and you figure that you'll go back up and get whatever was really good. The problem is that if you have a really good buffet, you end up with sample plates. And by the time you're done sampling everything, you found out what's good, but you're full. You're like, three plates later, that was really good, I should've got more of that. But, because those, the two plates I showed you didn't even include anything from the hibachi grill. And so you're like, "All right, well then they got to have them grill some of this stuff up fresh for me and then you got um, they got the ice cream, but they the only thing that they grabbed from the b- the dessert bar was the pudding and you're like, "All right, they had a lot of other great things at the dessert. anyways. I like the restaurant. I like the food. Um and in getting that one bowl that one plate of rice would be just sad. Like, wh- why? like you you can eat this and you can get full you can eat rice and get full in fact, you can even eat rice and live. My roommate in college proved it. he ran out of money or almost out of money, and so for like a month, he lived on rice and barbecue sauce um, like you've heard about the rice and beans diet it's like a it's a fun joke for Dave Ramsey fans that you know, hey, going on the rice and beans gonna pay this off. he couldn't afford the beans. It was the rice diet and barbecue sauce and so He'd be like eating whatever I got. And I'd buy cheap food because I was in college on a limited budget as well. And he's over there and he's like, what are you eating? Rice. And he'd like put like some lines of barbecue sauce on it for flavor. And he just had the white rice. I mean, this is the fancy rice. And you even got two peas. Whoa, um, Living at large. But um, that's how a lot of Christians live. Because Jesus paid for the whole thing. It's a buffet. It's all included. Yet they go up and they come back with, I don't have to go to hell. Well, how does it affect the way you live? I don't have to go to hell. And I go to church. I don't smoke, chew, or hang with those who do. And they have this list of things they don't do. Whatever their, their, their mantra is, it's like, I don't do this, I don't do this, I don't do this, I don't go to hell, so ha ha, yay! And this is their, their deal, and this is what they've gotten, and there's so much more that is available. But just because it's yours, just because it's included, just because it's paid for, doesn't mean you get it. I don't know if you've ever been at the buffet and had somebody else come back with a plate of something, and you're eating, and all of a sudden you see them, you're like, where'd you get that? Where was the, I didn't see that. That looks good. Just because it's available doesn't mean you get it. And just because you paid for it doesn't mean that you benefit from it. A few years ago, my wife decided that we needed some new furniture, um, probably because we didn't have any. But uh, we wanted some couches. And so we're, we're looking around, and there's like, it's Thanksgiving, so we're, like, All right, we're gonna go around tomorrow. It's the day after Thanksgiving, try to get a really good deal. We went and looked at these couches, and the, the couch that we went to look at that we saw an ad for was lame, and it was really uncomfortable and lame. So we went to the store, and they had this other sale on this sweet couch where both sides of it reclined. So you're like, ooh, and then it had a matching love seat that both reclined individually. So it wasn't like you'd rock the whole thing so one person could get up with the other one was still reclined. And if they weren't reclined, they would rock. But they didn't just, like, rock together. They would rock individually. So you could, like, get opposite timing of rocking and, um, yeah, lots of fun. If you're watching a C movie, you can try to make them sick. Um, but lots and lots of fun with this. And I'm like, all right, so this is, this is nice. The price was right. And they look like they were good quality. I'm like, all right, this is, this is great, super comfy. So we're going to buy these couches. And we bought these couches, and we used them, and, when uh, a lot of times we'd put the kids to bed and it was time to play games and you're like, all right, well, let's, um, let's play cards. So we'd sit on the couch we'd pop on the opposite sides and we'd take the top off the ottoman, flip it over, and it's like a tray. And you set it in the middle. Granted, it's a cushion on one side, a tray on the other. So the cushion kind of makes it a little rocky so every once in a while your cards you go wee and slide down. As, but try to set it up flat. And you'd play rummy or play whatever in the middle. And we had this for like a year and a half, maybe two years. And then we moved. When we're moving and we're carrying the couch out in order to get out the door, we had to like tip the couch at an angle and try to get this thing all just right to get it out the door. The middle seat folded down. And there was two cup holders and a table. I'm like what? This has been here the whole time? I've been carrying this thing up here to have some kind of a table to put our cards on and there's a perfectly flat table that just folds down. I never knew. I paid for it. It was included in the price of the couch that I owned. i have been sitting on and looking for a table and dragging stuff up on or playing on the couch cushion and having my cards slide all over the place when I bought something that was right there that was available to me, but I didn't know it, so I never used it, never benefited from it. Tracking? So, in our Christian walk, a lot of people have things that Jesus paid for And they're walking around going, you know what, I thought Christianity was going to be more. I thought it was going to be better. I thought it was going to be more fulfilling. But they're sitting here with a bowl, a plate of rice, wondering why they're disappointed at the buffet. Like, well, you didn't get anything else off the buffet. But I got the rice. And it's just not that great. It's rice! Like, (laughs) Like, it fills you up. It's cheap. But rice isn't that great. Like, it's a good starter. But it's just not the end all like that's why they have two large containers of rice and they have tables full of other stuff um but a lot of times they sit here and we go through and that's it and so I wanted to to take some time and to share with you guys some of what is included in Christ some of what's available to you because if you don't know what you have you'll never use it you can be sitting right beside this pull-down table and looking for something to put stuff on and miss out. So, we're going to talk about a few of these things. For starters, Jude chapter 3. Chapter There's only one chapter. Jude verse 3. Beloved, although I was very eager to write to you about our common salvation, I found it necessary to write, write appealing to you to contend for the faith that was once for all delivered to the saints. Two things I want you to notice. Number one, our common salvation. And number two, once for all delivered to the saints. A lot of times we feel like that there was this like um, deluxe model salvation that came to the early church where they were walking around, they were praying for the sick, and the sick were getting healed, and there was freedom, and God was moving, and God was speaking to them, and God was doing all these great things, and and I mean they was like so great that their shadow would touch somebody and they get healed. How many of you guys would like to see people you pray for get healed? Dead people will get back up from the dead? People like made whole when your shadow touches them? How many think that would be cool? Okay. So we see this, we're like, well, that's really cool, but it's really easy to go, well, that's what they had, but that's I don't have that. But partially that's because that's all you put on your plate. Because Jesus paid for the whole deal. He goes through and says, it's our common salvation. What's available to him is what's available to you. What's available to him was the same thing that was available to all the other disciples. It was available to Paul and to Peter. And it's what's available to us. He goes through saying, it's not like they got the deluxe model and you're like, oh, you got the entry level model? Okay, that comes with um, get out of hell. Yep, that's it. Nope, that, just the basics. That's that's the bare model. You know, it, you you needed to get saved a hundred years ago if you wanted the healing to come with it, and if you wanted to see the dead raised, that's a thousand years back. That's you know like. And we often have this like, concept that there's these different levels, but he says it was, it's our common salvation once and for all delivered. So it's the same salvation paid the same price that's available to him, that's available to you. And he says that it's the same. These things are available to us. Um, in, it says, uh, Ephesians 1.3, Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. He goes, every blessing that Jesus has to offer has been made available to you. Are there spiritual blessings that you don't have? Yeah. For me, definitely. Whose fault is that? Uh, You're you're, your own fault for you, but for me, it's my fault. Um, (laughs) Because if I walk through this whole buffet and I come back with a little plate of rice, it's not because the restaurant gypped me. It's because I was an airhead and didn't take what they offered. Like, look, you paid for it, $6.95, this is what you get. And if I go through this and I don't sit here and take it all, well then, shame on me. And so... Going through this and going, well, what is available to me? I was, I was uh, as I was preparing this, I was thinking about a Bible story um, that most of you guys have heard. Have you guys heard about the prodigal son? Anyone heard about the prodigal son? Okay, a lot of you didn't raise your hands, so I'm going to tell you the story. And if you knew the story and didn't raise your hand, it's your own fault. You didn't raise your hand. So, um, commonly we hear this story, but we focus on the other side and we miss out on something. There's this guy, he's got two kids, two boys. And one of his boys comes up to, to him and he's like, hey, dad, sick of waiting for you to die. Can you split up my inheritance and give me my portion now? And you'd expect dad to be like, bam, shut up, fool. I'm still alive. Like, I ain't dead yet. Go plow a field. But like, you just don't expect like that to come off very good. Yeah, I just can't wait for you to die. Love you, pops. Give me my share. But it says in verse 12 that the dad divided the inheritance between them. This is Luke 15. If you're trying to keep track of right, taking notes and wanting to check up on me and make sure I'm telling you the truth, go for it. I dare you. Okay, so um, so you've got the, the verse. He's here. He goes, I divided amongst them. And then it says that the younger guy takes his portion, takes off. So I don't know if he just like sells everything as cheap as he can, you know, enough to, quick enough to move it get people to buy stuff, takes off Says he goes, and just spends it all on wasteful living. He's like, all right, let's go have a party, spend lots of money on the party, on um, alcohol, on girls, on anything that he could. He just had fun, spent money, and then ran out of money. And then a famine hit the land, and he looked for a job, and he found a job, finally feeding pigs. And it was so bad, he got paid so little that he was jealous of the pig's for the food that the pigs got to eat. He wanted to eat the pig's slop. And he stood there outside the pig pen staring at it going, this is dumb. Why am I starving being jealous of the pig? Not that I want to eat the pig. I just want to eat the pig's food. Um, when my dad's servants go to bed full. He's like, you know what? I, I screwed up. Maybe I can get my dad to hire me and at least dad pays better than these guys. That's what. So he heads home and he's practicing his, like, his speech the whole way home. And if you've ever done something really stupid and knew you were going to get in trouble and, like, practiced your speech because you're like, they're coming home and there's no way that I can unbreak the lamp. So I have to be prepared and I will tell them how it's really the dog's fault that the lamp is—whatever. So he's coming back and he's preparing and he's on his way to dad. And he's like, all right you know, I know that I've messed up and I've sinned and I'm not worthy to be called your son and I just want to be a servant. So he's practicing his speech. And as he's walking back towards the house, dad sees him a long way off and dad runs out to him. Um, and he's kind of a little bit nervous. Like dad's running. is like, dad's going to mock me, beat me, hit me, run me over with a truck. I don't know. Like I-, I messed up pretty good. Dad runs out and he's like, you know, Dad gets close. He's he like, "Hey, Dad, I'm so sorry. I've sinned against you and against God. I'm not worthy to be called it's your son." And Dad just runs up, gives him a hug. Ah, so good to have you back. Hey, guys, bring him a jacket, bring him a robe, bring him some sandals. He's barefoot, and his feet look dirty and nasty. Bring him a ring so he can like buy things on the family credit and take care of things. And he's like, I, "I'm not even done with my speech yet." I'm not worthy to be called your son. Would you hire me? Shut up! We're going to have a party! Kill the fat calf! And he's like, that's in the middle of my, like, I suck speech. And he's like, just welcome home. I love you. I missed you. And throws a party. And we learn, we hear the story, and there's some great lessons learned because a lot of us identify with the stupid younger brother that ran off and did stupid things and talks about God, the loving dad, who loves him anyways. But after the party starts, the other brother eventually comes back in from the field. And they didn't have cell phones, so it wasn't like instantly he gets a phone call, hey, your brother came home! And it's just like, hey, you work, and finally you come back in from the field and he gets close to the house, and he's like, the house is really noisy. And so he calls a servant who's like running something outside, and he's like, hey, what's going on? He's like, ah, oh, your dad threw a party, your brother came home. He killed a fatted calf, go in. There's a great cut of meat in there. And He's like, what? What? He what? And he's all upset. And so he's on the outside. Dad finally comes out. He's like, hey, why aren't, you, why aren't you coming in? And he's like, this is stupid. My dipstick brother goes and does everything stupid, tells you that he wishes you were dead, takes half your stuff, runs off, wastes it, spend it doing who knows what, and he comes home and you throw him a party? He goes, what about me? I've been here this whole time And I've done everything you've ever asked. And he goes, and you won't even give me a little goat so I can have a party with my friends. And the dad says something. He said to him, son, this is verse 31. Son, you are always with me and all that I I have is yours. And I read that and it first reminded me of a saying that no one said, people say no one means "mikasa sukasa." You ever heard it? My house is your house. Make yourself at home. What they really mean is don't worry about asking to go to use the bathroom. Just go and use the bathroom. If cups are to the right of the sink, go for it when you're thirsty. Um, but when Dad says this to him, his Dad didn't mean like, you know, hey, make yourself at home. You can use my stuff. No, Dad literally meant all that I have is yours. Because if we went back all the way to verse 12, it said, he divided the inheritance among them. Plural. So he says, this is his, this is yours. Okay, what do you keep for yourself when you're dead? Nothing. So if he divided it among them, what did he keep for himself? So he literally gave him everything that he had left. Yet he was complaining because he wanted to have a party with a little goat. Dad's like, I gave it to you all. If you wanted to be stupid like your brother, you could have, sold, you, you could have had a party with all of the cows. And we would have had a lot of wasted meat. And then we would have had nothing. But they're your cows. is your skinny goat. Your little goat, your big goat, fat goat, whatever goat you want. You have a party. I gave it all to you. So he lived miserable, trying to perform, trying to earn what he already had. And I thought about a lot of Christians. They live miserable, trying to earn, to perform, to get what's already theirs. And I got looking at this going, well, what is... What is mine? Why is this? And here's this, this stupid thing that happens. Um, you can find this in Romans chapter 8, verse 32. He who did not spare his own son, but gave him, um, gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? If you were to have a guy... The girl, he gets down on one knee, says a bunch of sweet stuff. I love you. I think you're the greatest. Yada, blah, shmada. Hopefully, he actually fills that in with words. But uh, he follows it up with, you know, I want to spend the rest of my life with you. I want to give you everything that I have, everything that I am. You're the most amazing woman. And will you marry me? And he puts the ring on her finger, and she's like, Oh, yay! Um, now, hopefully, she's not like, Ooh, no, um, that's bad. Uh, but how fi- funny would you find it if she was like, um, um, well, can I ask you for something? Yeah, 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 sure. Can, can, can I have the box that the ring came in? The box! Do you realize how much I just spent on the ring? Keep the box. The box came for free. I'm offering you the ring. I'm offering you the box. I'm offering you my life. I'm offering you my bank account. I'm offering you my job, my life, everything. And you want to sit here and ask about the box. Well, in Romans, it tells us that Jesus paid everything for us. And a lot of times we go, you know what? Yeah, I understand that God wants to forgive me. God wants to give me this ring. God wants to give me this beautiful, most amazing gift. And then we sit here and going, but I don't know if God wants to heal me. But I don't know if God wants this for me. And we're sitting here going, well, I know that I can have the rice. And it's even got the fancy rice. You know, it's not the white rice. It's the yellow rice with a pea in it, two of them. Yellow rice and a pea doesn't sound good. Um, (laughs) Anyways. um, But we go through, and God wants, God paid for the whole buffet, and we go home with just a little piece. We go home with just the rice, and we wonder why we're missing out. And I've got (coughs) a lot more notes than I have time. But in order to understand this series, there's something you have to understand. So I want to briefly take a moment to, talk, to tell you what it means to be in Christ. Because these things become available to us in Christ, and we're going to spend a few weeks, um, at least, talking about all that's available to you in Christ. But if you don't understand what is to be in Christ, then this whole thing is kind of weird. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 14 and 15. For the love of Christ controls us because we have concluded (coughs) this, that one has died for all, therefore all have died. He died for all that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who for their sake died and was raised. It says, um, you sinned and needed to die the wages of sin is death, and the gift, but the gift of God is eternal life. John chapter 10, or no, sorry, Romans 6, 23. Um, so Jesus died on your behalf. And he goes, if you died, if you're positioned in him with him, you're viewing as dying with him. So now you can live with him, no longer for yourself, for him, and seen through the filter of what he did. In fact, Colossians 3, verse 3, says, for you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. But so often, and maybe this isn't you, maybe this is just me, but it's very easy for me to want to see myself based on my performance. I'm a very competitive person by nature. And part of... The downside of being competitive is it's very easy to try to find your value in how you perform and how you compete and how you compare and in what you do. And it goes back and he says that here, my identity is not on my accomplishment, but it is in Christ, who I have been, who I died with and who I rose with, who I identify with his death. Um, It goes, in him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promise of the Holy Spirit. In Ephesians 2, verse um, 4-8, to to God being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised up with him, seated us with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus so that In the coming ages, he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness towards us in Christ. God no longer sees you based on you. Once you declare Jesus the Lord of your life, it says that you become a new creation and you become in Christ. In Christ, you are now seen and positioned and offered all of everything with Christ. So, Jesus, when he put you in Christ, he made the whole buffet available. Everything that's available to him. He goes, this is now available to you in Christ because now you are positioned in me, with me, hidden in me. Because So my identity is now your identity. You guys, have un- you guys understand there are places where the president can go that you can't go. Does that make sense? How about his kids? Make sense? You go to the White House, if you were just to try to run up to the president, you'd probably get shot um, or tackled. Hopefully tackled and not shot. Um, they don't just take kindly to you just running up to the president. But what if one of his kids comes and runs up to the president? No, give, go, go give that a hug. Like, whatever. Like, Because of their relationship to Him, in, to a small extent, His access is granted to them. When it says that we're in Christ, it says that all of His access becomes available to us. And it allows us to go anywhere. And to have all that he has available. The first thing, and and we'll spend some weeks talking about all that's available to us, and we're going to go through healing and authority and freedom and forgiveness and um, redemption and lots and lots and lots of things. But the first and most important one, the rice, the basis, the first thing that you're going to find after your plate, salvation. And I wanted to, to take just a brief moment here, going, this is where it starts. This is where um, we make Jesus the Lord of our life, and we become in Christ. It says, the wages of sin is, is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Because every time, this is the way that Jesus sees us. He sees us relating to him through our relationship in Christ, which means it's no longer on the basis of my mistakes and my earning, but it's now through him. He declares, Romans chapter 10, verse nine, goes through and says that if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Goes on in verse 13, and says, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. This isn't a magic prayer that you're like, ever, I don't wanna go to hell, poof. Um, this is us saying, God, I'm, I believe that you did these things for me. I receive them and I declare you as Lord of my life. Very simple. And when we do this, we get linked up with what he did and we get a position in Christ, which sets us free and is awesome. If you've never done that, I want to give you a chance in just a moment. But before I do, I want to make mention of something to everybody. In Christ um, is the greatest place to be. And I've talked to some people, and they've talked about friends, and they said, I don't know how to lead someone to Jesus. I don't know how to bring them into Christ. And so I wanted to be very, I wanted to equip you. I want to be very simple with this. You don't need me. You can go to Romans chapter 10, verse nine on your own, write it down, type it in your phone, whatever you gotta do. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. <clears throat> if you've got a friend who's like, you know what? What's different about you? Because your world's just as lousy as mine. You've got something I don't got. You've got a joy. There's something in you that doesn't change while things in me just crash up and down. It's because I know Jesus. My life's built on him. I've made him the Lord of my life. And I know that there's more. And you're like, well, what if they say that they want they want what I got? I want you to be prepared to just sit here and turn around and go, Great, you want to make Jesus your Lord? Let's call on him. The Bible says whoever calls on his name will be saved. And some of you guys have noticed this. If you've been here very long, you probably have noticed. At every service, I give you an altar call. I give people a chance to make Jesus the Lord of their life at every service because I value it because I think it's the most important thing that anyone can do and I never want there to be a time where you bring a friend to church and they don't have a chance to meet, make Jesus their Lord but you don't have to wait for them to come to church. I try to pray very simple and I try to pray the same every time. Not because there's a magic formula and you have to repeat after me word for word perfectly otherwise it doesn't work but because I want all of you to feel equipped. I've been doing this for years, and I had sixth graders who would pray my prayer ahead of me because they're like, he prays this, the same thing at every service, and at that time, it was like five times a week. And you're like, well, great, because if you know it, then you're going to be confident at school, at the, your grandma's bedside, before she passes, if she says, You know what? I want to know the Jesus that you have. I want the hope that you have. To turn around and go, You know what? Let's make Jesus your Lord. So I'm going I'm to pray through it here in just a second. But I want anyone who wants to make this declaration for them, I want to give you a chance to say, That's me. So can everyone just quick bow their heads and close their eyes? If that's you, say, You know what? I want to make Jesus my Lord. I want to be in Christ. I want all that he has available to me. I want to live for him. When I say three, I want you to raise your hand. One, two, three. Raise up your hands nice and high. That's me. (coughs) I want to make Jesus my Lord. Awesome. All right. We're going to pray. I'm going to just ask that you repeat after me, and we're going to say a simple prayer. Say, God, I'm sorry for the wrong things I've done. I believe that you died and rose again. Thank you for washing my sins away. I want to live for you every day. I make you the Lord of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Awesome, give them a real big hand. If you made that decision uh, today, find a leader. We want to be praying for you. We want to give you some stuff. Awesome, awesome decision. Don't forget, Rez has got talent. Um, You guys are dismissed.